welcome to Chatting with Chemeketa, the show where we talk about everything related to college. Whether you're someone considering coming to Chemeketa, a current student, an alum, a member of the community, or part of our local business and industry, we've got you covered. I'm Jessica Howard, Chemeketa's president. And I'm Les Wilkes. And just to make sure we always keep safety first on this program, I want everyone to fasten their seatbelts because we are about to take a drive through the fast-paced world of automotive technology. I've got my seatbelt on, Les, and so does our first guest, Sam Olheiser, one of our amazing instructors in our automotive technology program. Welcome, Sam. Thank you, Les and Jessica, for having me. I'm proud to talk about our program. Oh, you know, I like tinkering with my cars every now and then. But when things go really wrong, I have to take my car to a trained mechanic. I'm really glad to hear that automotive technology is taught at Chemeketa because there's always going to be a demand for quality techs. That is for certain, Les. uh, With rapidly changing technology of automobiles, there is a high demand for trained technicians there. It's Times are different and our cars are changing all the time. And so as our program celebrates 50 years this year, uh, we have thousands of Chemeketa graduates out there. I recently had one student tell me his grandfather was in the program in the early 80s there. So wow. we see multiple generations go through our program there. Which Speaking is of generations, cool. isn't there a little generational uh, connection as far as the teacher goes and the program? There is, actually. Uh, my father worked here from 1981 till 2006 as an automotive instructor, and so I grew up here basically at Chemeketa with that, and then um, I became an instructor in 2011 there. So Wow. <laughs> pretty For me, it's pretty cool to get to fill my dad's shoes there, or try to. And so, wow. Uh, you may be the first. <laughs> I mean, really, that's that's quite a legacy and, you know, sort of an... It's neat to have yeah. uh, some of the students I have, their parents had my dad as an instructor, too. That is fantastic. So what does ASE stand for? ASE stands for Automotive Service Excellence, and it is the most recognized standard in, in our field. Our automotive program is accredited by the education branch of ASE, and we go through our recertification every five years there to keep up to speed. So do students get certified through the program, or is this a certification on our side? This is a certification on our side. The students will not be ASE certified after they graduate, just for the simple fact that it's a two-year work requirement to even Ah. become certified. So students that do get the two-year degree, that two-year degree counts as one-year work experience. So once they're out in the field, once they work for a year, they'll be eligible to take their ASE test and certified. We do have them take student-level ASE tests there, and they're just like the the ones they're going to take out in the field. It's practice for them, Hmm. and we get all the data from that too to help tailor our classes to see where we're strong and maybe we need to work on something there too. Every five years they have to... We, we recertify our program. How long does it take that test? There is a total of eight tests to be a master technician Ooh, there. And, eight. Um, each test not usually for about... you, Les. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm test. still working on that plug, you know, that oil plug thing. You know, <laughs> I got that mastered almost. That is what all most all shops... Uh, recognized now to to be employable there and they will help students be, get their certifications as well once they get started there too most of the time. So, so what are the different pathways offered by our automotive program? Well we offer our two-year degree uh, which is associate science there mm-hmm. and um, that would be 
it's fall entry. It would be six terms, I should say, mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And then we also have a, a couple certificate programs, which one is uh, for auto body. And it's a one-year program. We got one for automotive machining and then another one for what we call entry-level technician. The person that just wants to get their foot in the door in a shop, they're not going to have all, all the classes that a two-year program student would, but maybe that's what they want to get in the door there. So, so Sam, this is a question I get out in, in the world, and um, clearly I'm not an expert in automotive technology, or maybe it's not that clear, but I will just say right it's now that, that I have not. It's not that yeah, clear, I Maybe it? you might be. But Less, I know. I know. I I do look kind of handy. But I get folks asking, with the change in, you know, the power that runs vehicles, right, going from gasoline to battery, you know, hybrid and other technologies, the entire electric, all of it, does that mean that what we're teaching in our programs is out of date or not applicable to the changing technology? Great question. We work very hard to stay up to speed with what's going on in our changing industry there. And it's changing every year there. And so when we do update training, and that's part of our certification and to maintain our certification is to keep up to speed with what's going on with cars. And our biggest goal there is it's a foundation. Um, We're building a foundation for them to get going. And then once you get out there, then they can really blossom. So so let's say... I'm less, and I have a really, I have a car, and (laughs) I don't really want to use it anymore, right? Like, I'm done driving this car. I'm going to buy a new car. Uh, Could he donate his car to our program for students to work on it? How Ah, do we get our cars? Now I understand. Mm. Where are you going? Excellent question. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Yes, you can donate your car to our automotive program there, and it's tax deductible, and there's a... There's a kind of a little process there, but we get a lot of our cars that were donated there. And sometimes it maybe it was a mechanics lien where the repairs outweighed the cost of the vehicle. And so they just donate it. And the other side of that is we try to keep our vehicles 10 years or newer as far as age in order to keep up to speed with mm-hmm. what's going on with modern sure. stuff there. So, uh, yeah, definitely. We get lots of donated cars. So, so Les could sell his, well, could mm. donate his Tesla to you. Yes. Isn't that oh, right? oh, really? Oh, I, I, I <laughs> know I had one. Well, now, Mine happens to be 17 years old, so, oh, you know. drat. Sorry. Well, so how does someone sign up for this program? Uh, right now, application is open um, on the Schmeckata website. If you go to the automotive link there, uh, there will be off in the sidebar application link there, and it'll have all the instructions, what you need to do to sign up, and application will be o- open until probably June. So we got time, but it's for fall uh, 2024 class there. I assume most of your students are probably male. Do you get any female students? We do. It's great because we're seeing a, a big swing in more females in our industry there. And last year, our top four graduates were females. And I'm pretty proud. I'm very proud of them mm-hmm. there. They were, a lot of times they got something to prove to. And so yeah. um, right. they're doing great. Everyone is very conscious of how you know artificial intelligence and the technology is changing and are we going to need this job or are we going to need that job in the future but it seems like we're always going to have vehicles which means we're always going to need those vehicles to be maintained and repaired and that that's going to probably take someone who has this kind of training sure um is that your sense of the future 
It is. And uh, I kind of think of us like doctors there. They're still going to need technicians to fix cars there. And so mm-hmm. there's a huge demand for our, our skill. And I think it's a pretty promising career. Lots of opportunity in that. Mm-hmm. Your program, is it just automobiles or does it kind of start maybe going into diesel trucks or anything like that or no? You know? No, that's great. good. We, uh, you know, we're seeing with new cars, there's lots of small diesel powered cars out there too. And it's different than our big heavy duty diesel type stuff. And so, yes, we, we work on passenger cars up to light trucks is our, our world over there. And there's, yeah. there's diesel involved in there and we got CNG involved in there and hybrids and alternative fuels there too so yeah a little bit of everything going on well and keep in mind too that and i just have i have to make this connection but if you get a two-year associate of applied science degree which is what we offer right the applied two-year degree in automotive and you go out and you're working in a shop and you're super successful and you would like to maybe own the shop or start to climb the ladder to become a manager in the shop you'd be the perfect person to enroll in our applied baccalaureate which is designed for the working adult is that something that you're seeing any interest in we've actually um we've had a agreement with weber state and utah there where our students can start there as a junior and Mm -hmm. with the grad after they graduate and Mm -hmm. it's about management Mm-hmm. type stuff right. there and so we have had a couple students do it mm-hmm. and they never even had to go to utah it was all mm-hmm. done online but they earned their bachelor's degree in mm-hmm. automotive and mm-hmm. so they're going to be the the managers or right. the owners there is the goal in the in the chemeketa back baccalaureate program will obviously be an option as well yes yeah yes it's very exciting <laughs> yeah. it is I'm bring it back to well, it, it here yeah. a little bit you know yeah. but 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 it speaks to the fact that that there's been an out-of-state option up to now. That is not uncommon, where there is an entity that does the four-year that's specific. But in this case, what we've done is we've tried to meet the needs locally. Sure. So that's kind of exciting. Yeah, you bet. Is there any kind of type of student that really excels in automotive technology? I think, uh, yeah, I think the willingness to learn, because it's always changing, probably one of the big, things there to keep an open mind you know um, attention to detail is huge mm-hmm. and um, maybe adaptability you bet and we got all these different systems about on parts are parts are hard to get to these days hard to get and that's another thing happening in our world we hear from our technicians around in shops is a shortage of parts mm. yeah. and it t- can't fix cars without parts there and so yeah, this, yeah. does it seem it, like it's getting better or it does. You know, I just had one other question for you, Sam. Is, is there a certain car that you are dying to work on? <laughs> like you sit there and go, man, if that Ferrari would just come in here, oh. and then I could have a field day on that car. I'm just wondering, you know, what is what is the car you dream of, of working on? Hmm. That's a darn good question. Probably be like a 50 Mercury. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, it goes back in time. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well... So, Sam, is the automotive technology department ever open for tours so students could check it out ahead of time? You bet. We're, we're going five days a week, 
at least eight hours a day or more there that there's always someone around and we're always glad to show people around if you want to or you can get a hold of myself or anyone in the on the staff there and uh, glad to show you around and how the program works so just kind of go to the website and check on the automotive sure page and then you can get me contacted that way you bet or come on in well sam Um, and everybody, our automotive technology graduates really do keep the wheels of our district turning, (laughs) ensuring the safety and reliability of everyone's vehicles out on the road. You might even say that automotive technology at Chemeketa puts graduates on the road to success. Thank you, Sam, for making a pit stop with us today (laughs) and chatting about this truly wonderful program. Thank you, Jessica and Les, for having me. Great. And for our listeners, if you have questions about what you've just heard, uh, heard or comments about today's show, please write to us at chatter at chemeketa.edu and we'll answer your questions through email or on an upcoming show. So thank you, Sam, for coming by the studio today. Thank you. Coming up next, we're shifting gears to shine a spotlight on another crucial program offered at Chemeketa. It's the life-saving world of emergency services programs offered at Chemeketa's Brooks campus. Stay tuned and we'll be back shortly. Do you enjoy helping people and are also interested in a career in health sciences? Consider becoming a pharmacy technician. Employers everywhere are actively seeking trained pharmacy techs. Chemeketa Community College offers hands-on training that will lead to a rewarding career in as little as nine months. What are you waiting for? Visit go.chemeketa.edu slash pharmacy and apply today. Welcome back to Chatting with Chemeketa. It's time to dive into the heart-pounding world of emergency services. And who better to guide us through than Jordan Birmingham, the esteemed Dean of Emergency Services at our Brooks campus. Welcome, Jordan. Thank you for having me. Well, Jordan, uh, before we get too far into the details of emergency services, can you give us some general information about what's at the Brooks campus? Sure, I'd be happy to, Les. Uh, So the Brooks campus is located about seven miles north of the Salem main campus in Brooks, Oregon. It is about 22 acres and is the home of our fire suppression program, our EMT and paramedic programs, our criminal justice programs, and then also our diesel technology and our building inspection technology programs. And and, uh, Les, do you know where Brooks is? (laughs) Uh, well, yeah, I do, in fact. Yeah? Oh, yeah, I've been, you know, yeah, I was born there. It's just, just north of Salem. What is that, like six miles north of Salem or something? Yep, six, yeah. seven miles, yep. Yeah, essentially uh, quite um, quite close to the main campus in Salem. It's really accessible from the main campus, and it's also really accessible from the highway. We're just about a mile and a half right off of I-5, so it's a very easy commute. So, I mean, the running joke here is that I've never been there, but uh, <laughs> but it, it's, it's not like it's a pretty big... It's a good-sized campus. Yeah, diesel was the newest program uh, to Brooks. Like mm. the building inspection technology program got moved, but it existed before the diesel program. Diesel program's going into its fourth year. That's very popular. It's doing really well, and uh, we have a lot of uh, interesting things happening on the campus. We have our all of our drill grounds are there, which so we have a live uh, burn tower. We have a rail car that's plumbed with liquid propane. We set that on fire, and the <laughs> students learn how to put that out. And then we have a variety of uh, training props to help our students learn uh, some of the precursors of things that would get them in trouble in the in the profession and keep them safe. 
you really should go to the Brooks campus because it is such a dynamic and exciting place to to see because of all the things that Jordan mentioned. You know, it's sort of like you you um, the there's a Marion County Fire Station right there, and we actually don't we share some space with them. We do. We have long-standing relationships with Kaiser Fire, with Marion County Fire, and also Salem Fire. And it's Marion County Fire District uh, has an active fire station on the campus and also on the main campus as well. Our students actually are uh, will be embedded with some of those districts this summer uh, in apprenticeship-style uh, placements. So that's a change that we recently made to the fire program. And so in the summer for their cooperative work experience, they'll be staffing uh, engines with the local districts and assisting people who need help. So do our students go out on volunteer in a volunteer way to any fires? Is that a certain part of this hands-on learning? We do. We actually have uh, several fire engines. And, uh, one of them was recently gifted to us by the legislature, which we greatly appreciate. But we are the only program in the country, actually, that has uh, an engine and students that will go out and render aid with the local district. So they'll get dispatched out on calls and they'll assist the fire districts with whatever they need assistance with. Um, I was just going to ask, uh, what, what's, what's your history? You know, How did you get involved with this? And Your life and emergency services. Oh, gosh. <laughs> in 10 words or less. <laughs> so uh, in a former life, I was actually an EMT. Okay. Uh, I was coming at that from the side of, uh, I used to guide professionally in the outdoors. And so I was looking to have a higher level of medical training. So in case I needed to have uh, assist anybody who got hurt in the back country, I'd be able to do that. Um, and I w- got my EMT to help me get into the instruction of, of wilderness medicine. Uh, we responded to an accident in Grants Pass uh, when I was bringing a group into the field. So I was first on scene. I saw a car kind of cartwheeling over everything. And uh, so grabbed the medical kit, ran over to the car, crouched down in the broken uh, passenger window, and I knew in that moment that I was not meant to be an EMT and ride on an ambulance. It was just I had to kind of collect myself and then do what I can to, to render aid. But... I just wasn't prepared to see what I saw in that moment. Um, and I have a lot of respect for the people that are able to kind of remain calm and uh, assist people in their most desperate times. So That's a, a hard thing to deal with. You know, I don't know how they do it. You know, I mean, if I cut myself, I'm already starting to have issues, you know, but uh, um, we saw this car cartwheeling. That's a new one. I mean, I always, I always thought they just did that on the Hollywood sets or something, but yeah. No, it was uh, yeah. it was quite the accident. Yeah, and the people in that vehicle were uh, were not in great shape. So then, that was your life changing moment. Time to you know shift to something. I mean, honestly, with bit. the with the backcountry medicine, I've never had a had a problem. But it's just the amount of energy involved in a vehicle crash is yeah will do some amazing things to the human body that I didn't want to become desensitized to, to be honest. Yeah, sure. But uh, really special people working in emergency services, and they have a calling and a gift, and we're lucky to have them helping us out. Well, and it's uh, since, Jordan, how long have you been in this dean role over at Brooks? I've been uh, at Brooks for about four years now. Okay. And um, you have taken a pretty personal approach to getting to know some of these programs, like 
um, the time when you went into, you, you were doing some of the drills, right, with the FIRE students? I did. I think it's important to understand what the student experience is, and it's mm-hmm. hard to do that if you've never participated in some of the activities that they uh, partake in. So I, uh, I got all the training from my amazing FIRE faculty, um, got my equipment put on, and I went into um, the flashover prop which is a prop where we actually will start a fire in, it's basically a Connex box, and uh, it will get quite hot in that box, and the um, ceiling area gets up to about 800 degrees. So we're in Hmm. our fire protective equipment, and then the whole goal of that activity is to understand the precursors and what it will look like in a building before the roof or the ceiling flashes over, because that's where... uh, there are fatalities in the fire service when they don't notice what those uh, precursors look like. And I will tell you, I, I will never forget. I hope I don't ever have to identify that in a house, but I will remember what it looks like. It was a pretty amazing activity and uh, it felt really safe and comfortable with the faculty overseeing the activity. And I was side by side with all the students. So that was a pretty neat bonding opportunity with that special group. And uh, yeah. So there's all this exciting stuff going on, like the fire suppression training there's also law enforcement type training right criminal justice and corrections law enforcement right and then with the additional of the diesel program what i think it's sort of a symbiotic relationship because some of the vehicles that are used on the training side on the program side then get serviced on the diesel technology side can you explain how that works a little bit Yeah, that was really kind of serendipitous where uh, we have a great uh, faculty crew in the the diesel program and they're more than willing to help out the other program areas. And one thing I've learned about the emergency services crews is that they're really, really good at breaking stuff. So (laughs) we we create a lot of of hands-on learning opportunities for the diesel students by breaking the fire engines and bringing them into the diesel shop and asking them to fix them. So uh, it's worked out really well. And, um, you know, the addition of the building inspection technology program also I think is a great fit for for the Brooks Center because the building inspection folks are also very interested in and committed to public safety if they're not enforcing the codes and making sure that things are up to standards then you typically have accidents and yeah I was kind of curious how does the building inspection portion uh, how does that fit in with paramedic criminal justice and all that the building inspection program was actually originally uh at brooks it then moved to the polk center and now it's come back home uh to roost in the brooks center and one of the reasons why i think it was originally placed there is that um you know there's actually a couple different spokes for the fire program you have your fire suppression which is the individuals going out now it makes sense yeah sure but then you also have the fire marshal's office which would be doing code enforcement Mm, okay much, much like a building official would be or a building inspector. So it's very, very related. And there's actually a couple of uh, classes that are shared between uh, the fire prevention program, which is like fire marshals, code enforcement work, and the building inspection technology program. Okay. So, so Jordan, so imagine a person who's listening, who doesn't, who sort of has an idea of what like a fireman is and what a policeman is, right? Which is probably most of us, but doesn't, you know, might consider going into one of our programs if if they knew more about it. Can you kind of generally describe what these various career pathways are like and how long they are? So most of our programs are cohort-based, so you would enter traditionally in the fall and you'd spend about seven terms with each program. Um, and 
those tracks are uh, full of job opportunities. There's a lot of critical shortages in the emergency services field right now. I think we've all been hearing about that. Um, but, you know, paramedics are getting jobs at the drop of a hat. They're having competing bids. They're starting at very healthy salaries. Same with people in the fire service. The fire service is actively hiring. Like, um, it's historic, actually, the numbers of people that they need to replace. Uh, so there's a lot of opportunity throughout all of the emergency services field, um, as well as our diesel technology program. Our students, all of them that want jobs in the industry while they're going to school, have jobs in the industry while hmm. they're going to school, which is uh. fantastic. And then with the building inspection technology program, uh, those jobs are quite prevalent as well. And with the governor's edicts to almost double the housing production annually, we're going to need a lot more building officials and permit technicians and plans examiners. So lots and lots of opportunity for all of the graduates of our, all of our programs. So what's the best way for someone who's um, who's not currently affiliated with Chemeketa to find out about like the application, the deadline? So all of that information is on all of our web pages. If you just uh, Googled the Brooks Center, you would quickly come across our web pages that have all, all the information about our programs and application procedures and whatnot. Or you could just come to our open house on April 23rd. From ah, 9 there we go. There we go. 9 nice dovetailing there. Thank yeah. <laughs> April, I'm sorry. I, I talked over it. It's Tuesday, April 23rd. And uh, Les, we'd love to see you there. It's from 9 a.m. to noon. And we'd well, give you a full, write it down right now. a full tour of the Brooks campus. But we're not going to put you in the flashover prop. I'll do anything. I don't care. <laughs> 9 a.m. till noon, April maybe, 23rd. Maybe we'll let you uh, rappel off the, the tower. Is it 23rd it's only three, or 24th? Only three stories? It's the 23rd. It's 23rd. It's only three stories, right? Yeah, it's only three Oh, I, only, I do five plus. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I would love to rappel down the tower. <laughs> I've been thinking I'm you- serious. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm there if you if you do that. I'm, I, I'm uh, okay. You know, I- so far, I've done everything they've asked me to do, no matter how embarrassing. <laughs> well, uh, there's that iconic photo of that amazing young woman who is rappelling off the tower. It'd be yes. nice to have some, you know, mm-hmm. an additional photo of the president. <laughs> I think that would be fabulous. Um, perhaps we could do some um, airbrushing. But then uh, I will absolutely be. No, I, you know, there's something really, there's something so exciting about some of the physical, you know, challenges inherent in some of these these jobs i mean you really have to you, you're you're in it 100 percent, right your body your mind your heart you're trying to serve people it's it's a pretty awe-inspiring collection of fields to go into it, it whenever i go down there and i see you know like for instance the 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 law enforcement folks you know out with the flag and the in their i mean it's it's pretty moving, actually. Well, no one would know that better than you, President Howard, because I know that you've done the firefighter physical fitness test by loading the 75 pounds of weight and then doing the three minutes on the Stairmaster as the start really? of, of the test. Yes. Now, there's some things we need to talk about here. I don't know you know, how much time we got left, but... Uh, uh, there is a video. There is a there video. Is? There is a video. And Marie knows about it because she's the one who shot it. <laughs> but anyway, but um, I, you know... I think the Brooks Brooks Center is like a jewel in the crown. It's just an incredible um, place to be. It's a dynamic place. I would encourage everyone listening, even if you just want to come and find out a little bit more about what's going on at this incredible place, to come on April 23rd in the morning. There's going to be a lot of folks there, um, maybe even some folks from D.C. coming to check out some of our programs. So that's very, very exciting. And 
Um, just want to thank you, uh, Jordan, for shedding light on the vital work of our emergency services programs at the Brooks Center from paramedics to firefighters and beyond. Chemeketa graduates keep our communities safe and protected, and we're so grateful for their commitment to service. And of course, very grateful to our instructors and staff who prepare the graduates for such important careers. Thank you both for the opportunity to be here with you today. And uh, I've always really wanted to be on the radio because, like Garrison Keeler, I have a face that was made for radio. Oh, oh no, it. you pulled that one out, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> and for I'm our glad you were able to put the, you know, get that in. <laughs> <laughs> and for our listeners, if you want to know more about what you've just heard or actually see a picture of Jordan Birmingham, <laughs> uh, check out our website or be sure to email us at chatter at chemeketa.edu. You can also send us comments about the show or suggestions for future topics. Again, that email address is chatter at chemeketa.edu. Well, that was a fast half hour. The good news is that we'll be back again soon with a brand new episode. Tune in next time, same chat time, same chat channel for Chatting with Chemeketa. I'm Les Wilgus. And I'm Jessica Howard. Bye. Bye.